Season 3, Episode 18, February the 18th, 2022. Hi, I'm Lewis Lampley. Welcome to this edition of Journey of Discovery. In this episode, I will continue the special presentation on the wrath of God, the wrath of God. Add in the phrase, is revealed. Thus, the wrath of God is revealed, part two. Romans chapter one, verse 18, Paul says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. The Greek word translated revealed in Romans 1.19 means to make clear or to manifest. More accurately, it is constantly revealed. In other words, God reveals his wrath in two ways. One, indirectly, through the natural consequences of violating his universal law. Two, directly through his personal intervention. For example, the Old Testament record from the sentence to he passed on Adam and Eve to the worldwide flood from fire and brimstone leveled against Sodom to the Babylonian captivity clearly displays his intervention. But the most graphic revelation of God's holy wrath is hatred against sin, which he poured out on his son. The judgment he poured out on his son on the cross. Again, in the scripture, God has written down the various kinds of wrath for all to see. Eternal wrath, which is hell. John the Apostle said, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in them or in it, Death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the fire of the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book, in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. First then, there is eternal wrath. Second, there is eschatological wrath, which is the final day of judgment. Then they also were answer, will answer, saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison? and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do to the least of these, 
you did not do to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So we have eternal wrath, eschatological wrath, cataclysmic wrath, like the flood and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. In Genesis chapter 7, the Bible says in verse 1, Then the Lord, then Yahweh said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household. For I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of birds of the heavens also, male and female, to keep their offspring alive in the face of on the face of all the earth. For in seven days I will rain down fire from heaven, forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made will be blotted out from under the face of the earth on the ground. But God remembered Moses and all his beasts, all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow out of the over the earth and the water subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained and the water receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ariat. Let's forward for fast. Fast forward to Genesis chapter 19. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, Up, get out of this place, for the Lord, for Yahweh, is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was jesting. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept up in their punishment of the city. So we have observed eternal wrath, eschatological wrath, catechismic wrath, but there is one more, consequential wrath, which is the principle of sowing and reaping. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, Do not be deceived, God is not marked. For, for whatever, whoever, whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows for his own flesh will from his flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap life eternal or eternal life. 
Finally, there is the wrath of abandonment, which is removing restraint and letting people go to their sin. That is God removing restraint. We've heard the old saying years ago, have it your way. So God seems to be saying to folk in this abandonment, have it your way. Here it is in the Bible. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Psalm 81, verses 11 and 12. And God said in Hosea chapter 4, verse 17, Ephraim is John to idols. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. So there comes a time in life when God removes his hand of restraint. And folk tend not to know good from evil, bad from good, or evil, whether well, this is evil, they were called evil good and good evil. And so the wrath of abandonment is God's sovereign determination to remove his restraining hand so the wicked of sin for man will continue through history as he pursues the consequences which are depicted in the chapter we have been on for so long Romans chapter 1 especially verse 30 verse 24 to 32 the Greek word translated ungodliness in verse 19 indicates a lack of reverence for devotion to and worship of the true God, a defective relationship to him. Also in verse 19, there is the word unrighteousness, which refers to the result of ungodliness, a lack of conformity in thought, in word, and indeed to the character and the law of God. Paul said ungodly man suppress the truth. In other words, evidence from conscious, evidence from creation and God's word is irrefutable. Men choose to resist and oppose God's truth by holding fast to their sin. The question is, are you knowingly holding on to any sin in your life? If so, let me encourage you, let me encourage you, don't do that anymore. What you should do is confess that sin, forsake that sin, and turn away from it. And you will be blessed and glad you did. Because the Bible is true when it says, whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. And we want to reap what is good, not what is evil. Here's a praise response. In Psalm 103, verse 2 and 3. Bless the Lord, bless Yahweh, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities. God does that when we ask him. Never forget this. Never, never forget this. God's wrath is as vital to his nature as his holiness. Again, God's wrath 
is as vital to his nature as his holiness. Well, that's it for now. I am wishing for you an amazing day. So cheer up and be glad in it. Good day. Thank you.